It's Tuesday, everybody. It's Tired Tuesday. <laughs> Nothing to celebrate on Tuesday. Feeling a bit sleepy. <laughs> Everybody's like, well, it's not Monday, but there's still three days left, so I'm not really happy about being Tuesday. But you know what you can be happy about? It's the Back Row Morning Show here on Back Row Radio. With Matt and Mike <laughs> in the studio. Oh, ho, ho. Uh, <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, coming up on today's show, the marriage minefield of workplace friendships. Seven tips for helping you read the Bible in one year. And human composting. Mm-mm. But first, uh... <laughs> it's January 15th. And we've got several holidays to celebrate today. Don't we, Mel? Yeah. Are you nervous? What's going on here? I'm super nervous about human com- composting. Like... <laughs> we'll get to that just in this hour. We just got to get through holidays first. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why you've given me so many holidays the past couple days. That's all. That's what they are. That's that's today is these days. Well, I'm sure that there are other days you can pick and choose which ones we acknowledge could, and which ones we. Just I could pick and forget choose, about. but. Today Someone out there might need to know. Humanitarian Day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Boring. Let's get to the fun holidays. No, I kind no, of okay. feel like. <laughs> do we have to do? Do we have to do some sort of special segment about humanitarianism? No, we don't. All right. All right. Next. It's humanitarian Day. Be a humanitarian in whatever way possible. Boom. Uh, today's also National Bagel Day. Yes. You National Bagel like Day. Like bagels, y'all. I. Take it? I love bagels. I love bagels, too. Yeah. Oh. How do you eat a bagel, though? Okay. Because I bet this is where we're going to differ. 100%. So, it wasn't until I was like 25, 26, mm-hmm. that I ate anything other than a plain bagel with butter. Okay. That's all I ever ate. And loved it. And toasted, obviously. Sure, yeah. But loved it. And slather that butter on, let it just kind of soak into the, mm-hmm, the bagel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now I'll do, like I I like an anything, anything or everything bagel. And um, the cinnamon cinnamon raisin swirl thing? Not the cinnamon raisin, raisin? raisin swirl. So you can get this one at Panera mm. and it's got like cinnamon actually baked on. It's almost like a cinnamon crumble on oh. the top. Um, and I do cream cheese and I'll do some of the flavored cream cheeses, but yeah. <laughs> if it's pausing. lunchtime, I will have a plain bagel with bacon, lettuce, tomato mm. and mm-hmm. have a mm-hmm. bacon mm-hmm. or a BLT on a bagel. <coughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can't have any of those things now because bagels are not <laughs> keto. <laughs> So Deidre would always get a bagel with like strawberry or blueberry cream cheese or something. Mm-hmm. And I would always be like, it's not a dessert. It's not. I still, typically I'll go for the plain just because yeah. I like the plain. But, you know, I'll do it. I'll do an everything or I'll do a whole wheat or whatever every now and then. But bagel, slathered on butter, and garlic salt. Ooh. And that is just my favorite. I could eat four of them, four four entire bagels. I've <laughs> never like thought that. to put garlic salt on it. Toast it again, of course. But yeah, no, it's perfect. Oh, it's so perfect. Mm. And then let's see. Back in the early two thousands, McDonald's released all their breakfast sandwiches with bagels. I know, I mean, and I loved it. Me too. And then it was gone like yep. a month after I tried it. I know. I would <laughs> rather have. <clears throat> 
bacon, egg, and cheese or sausage, egg, and cheese on a bagel over an egg McMuffin or the biscuit any day. Their biscuits any typically day. aren't bad. I guess They're that's not, typically what I get. But definitely a, a bagel. And a bagel yeah, definitely a bagel. 100%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Do you eat the McDonald's McGriddles with the, like, the pancake type things? I do. Do you like I those? I love them. Yeah, I like them too. They're... But they're... That just... I mean, it cements into your brain that this is terrible for you. Oh, yeah. You can just feel your arteries just (laughs) clogging as you're eating it. But it's so good. Yep. Okay. Uh, Fresh, National Fresh Squeezed Juice Day. That's right. If you're going to have orange juice, squeeze it yourself because the stuff you get from the store is Frankenstein juice. If you're going to have grape juice, squeeze it yourself. If you're going to have cranberry juice... Squeeze it yourself. Well, I'm not sure they're all as bad as orange <laughs> juice. Like, have you heard about orange juice? No. The stuff that they sell and all of they're all of them. All of them are this way because that's how it has to be in order to survive. When you taste the orange in your orange juice, you're tasting fake perfume scents that they have added because the orange juice that they make, the actual juice, by the time it makes it into a bottle, tastes like nothing. Simply orange, even. Mm-hmm. Then that's a lie. Because it can't, it can't survive without the preservation process that takes away the flavor. Now, there's probably less chemicals or whatever in Simply Orange, but it wouldn't be able to be on the shelf. I feel like <clears throat> it has to be fresh squeezed, or I mean, it's it's got a it's got a very limited shelf life uh, to begin with. So our culture has come together, and we've gotten rid of blockbuster you know which we talked about <laughs> yesterday what are some other things that we've gotten with bookstores for the most part gotten Almost rid of all of them are gone bookstores yeah. borders was one of my favorite bookstores there are just so many things that we've done away with like why why can't we come together as a culture and do away with grocery stores because obviously everything that we buy from there is garbage that's what amazon's trying to do <laughs> but still it's the same product that i can get from a grocery store <clears throat> only on the dry amazon. stuff they make the stuff daily fresh like the food and stuff and the lunches or whatever oh yeah so i mean like it's a it's a direct to consumer situation in their little walking things the only things that you can buy normally are the stuff that doesn't need that Fresh daily kind of stuff, you know. Crackers and I'm saying, and why not we go back to, and we're going to be taking a major step back in time. <laughs> I don't know if we would be able to do this or not, but why not go back to like community gardens and oh. where we all work together as a community? And you know, we have one have, of those here in Clovis. We do have yeah. one. Yep. Yeah, we've had, had some fresh, some stuff from it. like farm to fresh. Why? Why are we okay as a society? Farm to table. With thank you. Did I say farm to fresh? You said farm to fresh. Yep. <laughs> it's Tuesday and I'm tired. I told you all that. Um, and you knew what I meant. So stop judging me. <laughs> but why are we okay as a society with just filling our bodies with all these chemicals that may or may not be causing cancer? We don't know yet for sure. But we know that they're chemicals 100%, but we're okay with it. I'm, okay, I've gone off on a tangent. Yes, Today's have. also National Hat Day. Hat Day. Wear hat a hat. Day. 
Move on. <laughs> I'm going to let everybody just think over my whole community garden thing. Um, it's also National Strawberry Ice Cream Day. Do you mm, like strawberry ice cream? No. Haagen-Dazs strawberry um, ice cream is the only strawberry ice cream that I like. You love strawberry ice cream? Is that what you're going to no, say? No, 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 no. I only like it if there aren't chunks of strawberry in it. Oh, then you won't like Haagen-Dazs. No. There's only one brand I've ever found, and I think... <laughs> I think it was some generic brand somewhere that was just strawberry flavored ice cream. I was going to say, so you like the, <laughs> the Why? fake. <laughs> right. Why are all strawberry ice creams having to have real strawberries cut up in them? I don't understand. We don't do that with any of the other basic flavors. <laughs> chocolate ice cream doesn't have chunks of chocolate in it. Vanilla ice cream. <laughs> Vanilla bean, you can That's see true. the little vanilla black. Bean, yeah. That's the only kind of vanilla right. ice cream that I'll eat. But still, you don't feel it. You don't feel the vanilla bean. You don't have true. something to chew through. True. Why can't true. we just have strong? Now, I guess, I guess they do that sometimes in Neapolitan ice creams too. They don't put the actual strawberries in. Yeah. But you never know. Because they don't even advertise it sometimes. With real strawberry chunks. Like, I don't want the chunks. <laughs> if I wanted to chew on fruit, I'd have bought fruit. Keep your fruit. This is this is a. <laughs> I didn't realize how passionate I was about this, but I'm actually really <laughs> mad right now. Stop, stop it. <laughs> I just want the. Stra- I do like strawberry ice cream, Mo. <laughs> I do, but I can't ever eat it. I don't want the slimy, weird pieces in the middle of the ice cream. It's sad because I don't <gasps> think I've ever seen Matt so upset <laughs> over anything. And we've, we've had a lot of discussions over our four years of being friends. And this is a monumentous oh, moment. <laughs> what is Matt strongly against? Strawberry chunks and his strawberry ice cream. He just wants the flavor, y'all. Oh, All right. Man. Lastly, it is rid the world of fad diet and gimmicks day. Okay. So whoever came up with this day. Um, has some pretty lofty ambitions for <laughs> for January 15th. I don't think that we can completely rid the world of all fad diets and gimmicks in 24 hours. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm on the, uh, the cayenne pepper honey uh, apple juice diet where you cleanse and you lose 10 pounds over the weekend. Does it work? And all you eat, all you well, you don't eat anything. You just drink pitchers full of apple juice, fresh honey, and cayenne pepper. Yeah, it'd work. I'd be on the <laughs> toilet all day. That's exactly how. All those cleanse diets that are just over the weekend, that's exactly what it is. It just pumps you full of diuretics and you poop uh-huh. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> poop and pee constantly. I would get mad, like when I sent my kids to the nursery at churches, I would get mad when they gave my kids apple juice. Right. When they ask any information, that's what I would write. No apple juice. (laughs) My children's stomach cannot handle this. And I'm the one that's going to have to deal with it for the next 24 hours. Do not give them apple juice. From the very beginning, we have watered down every juice product our kids get. Like two-thirds water, one-third juice. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise... All day. Yep. Just a nonstop barrage. Yep. Of diaper changing. Let's put it that way. All the time. <laughs> All, All right. Time. Here's the news, y'all. 
Don't want to be cremated or take up space in a cemetery? Well, Washington State residents may be given the opportunity to be human recomposting pioneers as early as this year. Uh, The bill was introduced this month. The process is not as green as it may sound. It uses alkaline hydrolysis, a process of dissolving of bodies in a pressurized vessel with water and lye until just liquid and bone remains. Then the human recomposition products are ready to join the earth as life-nourishing soil. So this is like a potential third option from now on. And this could spread as you will become basically additives to compost. Where you can grow a tree out of or something. And this is the memorial tree. So I think it's cool, but... Yeah, but weird. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like it says... It says... Um, dissolving of bodies in a pressurized vessel with water and lye. Like, that's the stuff that you see in horror movies. Until just liquid and bone remains. Like, you know, when they have the jars full of heads and and bodies and all the... Mm -hmm. That's what this is. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I mean, it it seems... The process itself to get there seems weird. Really crazy. The end result, though, seems cool. Yeah. Number one, we'll stop having the... Expand cemeteries and all that because eventually we're going to run out of cemetery space, folks. I'm just. It's true. But, I, for real, I think that anyone who lives in Louisiana yeah. should have this done. Yeah. Like they should pull up all the dead bodies in Louisiana and figure out how to do this for them. Right. Because they have just massive amounts of cemeteries, don't they? They do. And their cemeteries are all above ground. Yeah. Because they're. The floodwaters. The floodwaters. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They had a big flood where all the dead bodies were. Oh gosh. Oh. Gosh. Above the ground. Yeah. So ever since uh, then, what are they called? An a, a mausoleum. All the. They're called mausoleums. Yeah. All the above. So you, we're driving through Louisiana, and I'm like, uh, or a mosque. Is it a mosque? No, a mosque is. Okay, the, that's a church. The right? church for Islam okay. people. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> A building at which you put dead people, hey. (laughs) Whatever. So, yeah, we're driving through and just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of white mausoleums on either side of the the highway. And I'm, okay. Housing a a tomb or tombs, a mausoleum. Yeah. But see, I still feel like that's... Is it the big white rectangular things? I think I and think you're thinking ground. of I think you're thinking of crypts. Cuz a crypt is usually just for like, like one tales from the Yeah. A crypt is usually in a just an above ground casket type situation like a, a stone thing that holds one casket. Okay. A mausoleum I think is usually a well no, I guess it could just be for one person. But it's usually like a structure, like a house, like a tiny little building. How did you spell mausoleum? M-A-U-S-O-L-E-U-M. Okay. Mausoleum. I'm going to look at the picture. Move on to round three. Yes. Yes. So, so is the mausoleum? Like these things? Okay. So it is yeah. like a little house type. Uh-huh. A little building. Okay. Yep. And that's what you see all through, <coughs> all through Louisiana. Okay. Weird. Yep. Yeah, that'd be creepy. Uh-huh. Had to ask our creepy, taxi creepy. driver, and that's where we... 
<laughs> all right. Well, anyway, that's that's coming, y'all. Uh, that's coming. All right. A Michigan university released its annual list of banished words, uh, including words like thought leader, POTUS, and yeet. 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 <laughs> Lake Superior State University said its 44th annual list of words banished from the Queen's English for misuse, overuse, and general uselessness was chosen from a pool of submissions from a public fed up with words like wheelhouse to mean an area of expertise and phrases like in the books to mean something's concluded. The list included common words using Otis as an initialism for of the United States, which includes POTUS, and uh, FLOTUS, which is for the First Lady. Uh, the other words included wrap my head around, platform, collusion, ghosting, litigate, grapple, askew, crusty, optics, legally drunk, importantly, accoutrements, and most important election of our time. <laughs> All those phrases and words banished from English beginning this year. What? Ha- <laughs> Is this a real thing? <laughs> it's not like a official this will no longer be in the dictionary thing it's just a this is this is a was it like a satirical vote, thing that it's they a did? satirical thing but i mean people vote on it and submit these things these are words we don't want to hear anymore pretty much is what the 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 united states is saying <laughs> words that we as a society should no longer say words and phrases <laughs> so some of them i can get behind yeet totally yeet I love you. Totally. Yeet. If I hear my kid say it one more time, I'll yeet him. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what it means, but he's about to learn a whole new definition for it. Jumping out of his Fortnite bus. Yeet. Yeet. <laughs> uh, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand a word I just said. <laughs> uh. um, but I feel like some of them are just because we have really stupid, sensitive, need their... Egos stroked and a, a hug every day to make them feel good about themselves. Like what? Generation. Pop, uh, POTUS, for Pete's sake. They don't want to say President of the United States. They no, don't want to. They want to say President of the United States. They don't want people to just say POTUS instead. Oh. You get it? Okay. They wanted to get rid of POTUS. Okay, so specifically, <laughs> most important election of our time. Like, are they still crying about the fact that. They may or may not have gotten their way in the election. And I'm so sure, they but don't I don't want to hear. I'm sure, that but it was I the don't. Most important election oh. of their time ever again. No, just don't. I don't want to hear it. No, I think it's because it was. It's been said about the last four elections. That's true, <laughs> including these last midterm elections. Most important election of our time. That's true. Okay. It's overuse. Okay. Yeah. So I made a quick judgment. I made a snap judgment, and Matt. Because they're also because I mean so, also from a like a more conservative sector, they want to stop using collusion. Like we're sick of hearing the word collusion. I don't you know? know what that means. Well, it's, uh, the whole thing with Trump being uh, investigated for colluding with Russia to oh, win the election. Okay. They're sick of hearing the word collusion. Got it. Ghosting. You know, ghosting is no. It's where. You completely ignore someone on social media that you would normally talk to. Like you don't reply. You don't acknowledge them in That's any way. That's a for real it's, thing. You like, ghost somebody. It's usually for like 
when you're breaking up with somebody, but you don't want to break up with them, so you just ghost them. You don't reply to their texts. You don't reply to their messages, Facebook, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm gone. I'm a ghost. <clears throat> okay. Uh, in a world first, surgeon successfully implanted a 3D printed rib into a hospital patient. The procedure, which was recently performed at Takuda Hospital in Bulgaria, used an implant which was crafted out of an FDA-approved material called Nylon 680. In addition to being drastically cheaper than titanium, which is the typical uh, resource used for fake ribs, the material used to make the rib in less than 24 hours costs only $114, which is nothing in the medical field, really. I'm concerned with this 3D printing of organs. Well, it's not an organ. It's a rib. It's a bone. Oh, my gosh. I'm just trying to be <laughs> clear here for everyone listening. They ain't no one printing a, spree- a spleen. I can't even get the word out. A 3D spree- printing a spleen. A spleen. Okay, <clears throat> I'm concerned with this 3D printing of bones. I don't know that, like, do you think it's legit? I think it's absolutely fine. Yeah? Yeah. I think, it's, I think up. it's great. Oh, yeah. Have you seen? I guess I no, mean, maybe I you haven't because it's hard. It's hard to see that now. But like some of the really industrial 3D printer things, like the really good ones, not those cheapo ones you can get at home, but like the super expensive, massive ones, they can make, they can 3D print stuff out of some intense material. Yeah? Yeah. Stuff that will really hold up. Okay, then. Yeah. So I'm, I 100% believe that that's gonna hold up better than a titanium one would even okay yeah well <coughs> all right onion not like onion this folks this whole news segment has really put me in my place matt it was has, weird. uh <laughs> it was weird. get with it mo Come you on, don't mo. know what you're talking about get with the ages get with the times it's 2019 you're still living in a 2018 world mo apparently so <laughs> i feel like you know it was just yesterday or something <laughs> All right. Onion, not onion. I got two headlines here. One of them is real. One of them is fake. Mo's going to guess the real one. What is real? What is real? You can play along at home. All right. First headline. Baby Shark do, 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 is a top 40 hit on the Billboard charts. Do, 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 do. Oh, or internet users demand less interactivity from websites. So... I can see either one of these being a for real thing, mm-hmm. and I'm 100% behind the internet users demand less activity from websites, mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's like, I just want to look at the website. I don't need to experience it or anything. Well, and Be even that, the experience. like, so Chris just got out of the military. We're having to do this whole, like, adulting thing for real and figure out medical insurance, mm-hmm. and he Googled medical insurance, and it asks for a telephone number. Guess what? We've been receiving calls off the hook from people who want to sell us their medical insurance. Okay, so I'm going to go with that one. That's <coughs> wrong. No. <laughs> baby we... Shark. Do, 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 do. We apologize for getting it stuck in your head, but Baby Shark, a song as infectious as anthrax, to which the caretake- <laughs> caretakers of young children likely need no introduction, enter the Billboard Hot 100 chart. This is the overall chart of all music. At number 32, 
last week. Awesome. Placing Pink Fong, a South Korean education board, alongside the world's top musical artists. Baby Shark, which Pink Fong says is based on a traditional sing-along chant from decades ago, has been viewed more than 2.1 billion times on YouTube, making it among the 30 most viewed videos ever on YouTube. It's because people give their toddlers <laughs> their phones <laughs> when they're at restaurants. <laughs> it was streamed 20.8 million times huh? just in the last week, Billboard said, with 73% of those streams coming from video. Its rise onto the charts comes uh, long after Smart Study, a soul-based company that has produced thousands of children's videos under the Pinkfong brand, first post- posted it on YouTube in November of 2015. Hmm. 2015. Hmm. The company remixed it, adding a new beat and melody in, in the now popular version posted in June 2016. So it's still like... Three years, well... Almost three years, years old. old, yeah. It has now been adapted into more than 100 versions in, one, in 11 languages, the company said. The song was helped along to attention from K-pop acts in Korea and spread throughout Southeast Asia and eventually found its way to the United States in 2018 when a social media challenge invited people to post videos of themselves dancing to the song. Participants included Ellen DeGeneres and James Corden, uh, while Kylie Jenner and Cardi B made references to the song. Uh, it first appeared on Billboard's Kid Digital Song Sales Chart in July, followed by the Streaming Songs Chart in November. It made its way to the UK Top 40, uh, also, which is not produced by Billboard, this past September. So making a Top 40 list is far from easy. Jimi Hendrix only made it once. Really? Wu-Tang Clan never made it. What? <laughs> Uh, ben Jong, the chief executive of Pinkfong USA, said in an emailed statement that the digital content company is responding to the success of Baby Shark by creating toys, DVDs, and other consumer products, including books and diapers. What? The company, which has about 200 employees and offices in South Korea, the United States, and China, is also working on TV shorts and even a Baby Shark movie, he said. Uh, we are not planning to settle for Baby Shark hitting the music charts and getting the YouTube views, but we are developing Pink Fong and Baby Shark into an entertainment brand oh that will be enjoyed for generations to come. So if you thought that this was just going to go away one day, oh. you're wrong. This is this is the this is the new reality. Just get used to it, guys. <laughs> baby Shark, do 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 do. Baby Shark, do 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 do. Uh, I like the, uh, the do you other know version. the dance? No. But I do like a different version of the song. I know you've told us. And I remember how it goes, I think. Okay. Baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark do do it's really good. I think it's from super simple songs, is what the video was called. That's the one that my kids watch all the time. And it's very cute. Yeah. Little fish do 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 little fish do It doesn't even have a fish in the real baby shark song. It's baby, mama, daddy, grandma, grandpa. The full one doesn't go on with the whole story where it chases the fish and the fish run away. Run away do 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 They do say run away, but I don't faster do 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 run faster do 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 run faster do do I don't think that there's a little fish in it. It's like the sharks are chasing the fish, and the fish are then running away. Yeah, the but they, so they do say 
run away. Now all that I can hear is that version. Thanks. <laughs> it's hard to switch between Baby them. Baby shark. Do, 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 do. <laughs> run away. Do, 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 do. Run away. And they do something. Okay, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Enjoy that, folks. Stick around <laughs> uh, when we come back. Uh, seven tips for reading through the Bible this year. Stick around. Welcome back on this Tuesday morning. We're in your second hour, and uh, we got we got we got some interesting topics to discuss today. Uh, but before we get to that, I think it's time for three random facts. Three yeah. random facts. Just three. If Just you three. weren't listening transitioning. yesterday, transitioning. If, if your Monday was a little bit difficult, Mo takes too long to tell five facts. Baby, baby, baby. Drives us way over time every week. So so sorry. <laughs> Okay, number one, elephants have a specific call they use to warn their herd of the presence of angry bees. Not just bees, angry angry bees. bees. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And not any other insect or flying bug, but angry bees. I mean, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, A 2018 study found that friends have more genetic similarities than strangers. Which is strange. I'm so confused. You don't understand what it's saying? I mean, at one point they were strangers, right? So are they saying that... Yes. The longer that you are friends with someone... the more That or you're drawn more towards people that have similarities to you that already. So maybe that's why Samantha and I are such good friends. Right. Y'all really do look like sisters. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Yeah. Weird. Isn't that strange? That is weird. Hmm. Alrighty. And so the kids who graduate... Who will graduate from high school in 2019 never experienced all oh, this makes me sad <laughs> y'all they have never experienced any part of the 90s well the 1900s yeah the 90s sorry well yeah and the 1900s as well but yeah specifically the 90s yeah that just yeah this year's graduating class did not live in the 90s I don't even know what to do with that. The 90s are officially dead, Mo. They're officially gone. That's so sad. (laughs) Look, the 90s are not dead, okay? The 90s are still very much alive in my car every time I get in it. Because (laughs) I was listening to Natalie Imbruglio. Is that how you say it? Do you remember her? I do not remember. Oh, you would remember if you heard the song. I just can't remember it right you now. Can't remember the song. Um, but this morning on the, the way in, because we have Sirius XM, we're yeah. still in that free trial after getting the new car at the oh, Sirius right. XM, and so I go back and forth between the Pop 2K and uh, the 90s <laughs> on nine, and it's like all of my best childhood, high school, <laughs> middle school memories. Oh man, yep. Deidre was actually listening to some Amazon music uh, channel with a bunch of 90s Christian songs. Yeah. That I had forgotten about. 
Um, they're more softer stuff, so it's not stuff that I gravitated for first to uh, putting on the radio station. But I definitely wrote a few of them down. Yeah. To add to the mix. But I'm just yeah. like, wow. I uh, had Stephen Curtis Chapman's The Great Adventure on there. The saddle up your horses. We got a trail to blaze. I'm like, nope. what in the world? <laughs> <clears throat> Had the old Rich Mullins, Amazing or not Amazing Grace, uh, Awesome God, uh-huh. with his verses, the weird verses. I still don't really like that song, but it was even more awkward whenever they tried to do it in church with the verses, but you were supposed to sing along. I didn't know that there were verses for it. Yeah, and they're weird. <laughs> huh. <coughs> Let's see. Uh, it's like... When he rolls up his sleeve, he ain't just putting oh, on the Ritz. Oh, uh, God. God. Yep, okay. <laughs> He's got thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fists. That's a good mm-hmm. line. But the first line is weird. <laughs> putting on the Ritz. Putting on the Ritz. <laughs> putting on the Ritz should not be in a worship song. I'm well, sorry. Well, no. <laughs> the phrase putting on a Ritz is weird for a worship song. Maybe we should make a big stink about that. <laughs> Instead of about reckless Don't get love. Get on this tangent again. You already did I'm this. I'm just saying. With Torn Wells' song. I'm it says ridiculous grace in it. It Why does. isn't that causing a problem? Why isn't that? Grace isn't ridiculous. Such a controversy. <laughs> it, like, it still legitimately irritates me when people will post things about how God's love is not reckless. I'm going to show you reckless. That is my go-to saying, I think. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. (laughs) Mama's about to get real reckless up in this place. All right, we got some artist updates. Uh, Jimmy Needham has found a new way to calculate his age. He posted, I'm going to start measuring my age by how many painkillers I take after exerting myself. I'm currently three ibuprofens old. (laughs) Uh, I'm actually de-aged with that then. I used to take four ibuprofens every other day for something. Yeah. And now I barely take pain meds ever. Hey, me too. High five. Way to go. I don't know if my body's just adjusted like, okay, I get it. We're going to be old now. Stop complaining. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's a new year and Shane and Shane are suggesting new church habits. The worship leaders posted, if you go to church today, sit in a different place than you than you usually do. You may just meet someone new. Uh, Shane and Shane, you are usually smart, but you can kick rocks with that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, sitting in a different place. No, thank you. Number two, meeting someone new. Uh, please, no. <laughs> Those Not are my bad. two worst nightmares on a Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, don't be like me, everybody. Don't be like me. If you ever come to Clovis and you are here on a Sunday and you'd like to attend Highland Baptist, Matt's in the sound booth. I'm in the sound booth. <laughs> and he off. loves meeting new people regardless of what he says. Just walk right in. Don't worry about the sign. <laughs> walk right in. Walk right into the sound booth. Yeah. You're welcome there. Uh-huh. Introduce yourself. Sit a while. You know, even once worship starts and he looks as though he's busy, he's not. Just have a conversation. Who was it that came up? Oh, my friend Rebecca. Rebecca, that's who it was, yeah. Yeah. Rebecca, I had complained about this on the podcast back before we were a show. And uh, like I didn't want to meet new people at church. And Rebecca said, I'm going to come and I'm going to shake your hand when I come down there. (laughs) And I saw saw her coming one Sunday and I just (laughs) fell to the floor in the sound booth so she couldn't shake my hand. Yep. (laughs) 
lock the door. Nope, sorry. <laughs> Working on some wires or something down here. Right, you're stuck. <laughs> well, music's starting. You better go back to your seat. <laughs> One of the most popular New Year's resolutions among Christians is to read the Bible in a year. Uh, Uversion, the most popular Bible app for smartphones, says its number of daily active users jumps around 20% in January. Jumps up 20%. Um, Uversion users began over 1 million Bible reading plans on January 1st this year, which is 62% more than last year. Uh, so there's a lot of us out there who have that goal. And for some reason, there's a lot of us out there that can't start that any other time but January 1st. And if you don't start it on January 1st, you got to wait till the next year. <laughs> so I'm trying something new before we get into this. I'm yeah. trying something new and I'm not doing anything new this year until my birthday. Cause it's a new year for me. <laughs> On the one hand, that sounds kind of cool. On the other hand, it sounds really self-indulgent, <laughs> self-centered. <laughs> well, if I've learned anything in 2018... New year doesn't start till it's my birthday. <laughs> That's exactly right. New year don't start till I walk in. So, and if anybody wants to get behind me on this, you've still got, <laughs> you've still got seven months. July 14th. That's my birthday. Oh, so everyone's supposed to go on your birthday. Exactly. Not their own birthday. No, I just said if they want to get behind it with me, you can either choose your birthday or you can choose my birthday. Whichever is farther away. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So facts and trends uh, from Lifeway has seven tips for reading your Bible in a year. Uh, Number one, choose a Bible reading plan. Don't just try and do it yourself. People have been... Making plans for this for decades. It'll help you. Uh, if you do it yourself, you're likely to just try and go straight through it. Yeah. Which is awful. That's an awful way to do things. You'll be great through Genesis, through Exodus. Then you'll hit Leviticus. And Numbers. And Numbers. And yeah. Deuteronomy. And you'll just be like, what's going what on? What was I thinking? <laughs> this makes no sense. This is so depressing. Leviticus is depressing. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Lamentations is depressing. That's a really short book. Anyway, uh, yeah, don't do that. They have plans which will help mix your your Old Testament and New Testament together. So you get a taste of the old and a taste of the new every day. And so it won't be as uh, mind-numbing yeah. in certain parts of the Old Testament. Uh, not saying, you know, I'm not saying the Bible... All of the Bible isn't uh, worthwhile to read or important, but there just are some very dry spots uh, in that Old Testament. So, you know, you got to hang in there. You got to hang in there. And the best way to do that is trying one of the uh, already planned out devotional reading plans. Makes sense. Uh, Next, schedule Bible reading time. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's something that they tell you all the time with, you know, just your quiet time in general. You have to make it an actual appointment yeah. with God. You can't just say, oh, well, I'll do it. Just like you with the Zumba thing you were talking about the other day. I'm going to do it today, sometime. At some you got to, like, at 7 a.m., I'm doing Zumba. <laughs> Same thing here. You got to make it a plan. Put it in your schedule. Set an alarm on your phone. At this time, whatever's happening is stopping, and I'm going to go read my Bible. Listen, I don't tell you things. <laughs> you told the whole world. <laughs> 
<laughs> for you to bring up at a later time and hold over my head. Okay, that's not what friends do, Matt. Look, I'm going to stop telling you things. You're going to keep throwing it in my face. <laughs> you don't get to use me for material. We have discussed this. <laughs> I am not your example. <laughs> else to pick on <laughs> that, that did sound a little more judgmental than i think i meant it to <laughs> just like you said the other day with Zumba. just like you and your laziness with Zumba, Mo. can't get your lazy butt off the couch and do a couple steps <sighs> oh, gosh. number three <laughs> Oh, man. All right, number three. Realized reading the Bible doesn't have to be done in secret. Okay, now this one sounds a little weird because, you know, they're always like, you know, your relationship with God's private kind of thing. Uh, But so let's read what they say here. Okay. It says, if setting aside 30 minutes alone each day sounds impossible, that doesn't have to stop you from reading the Bible through in a year. It's important to have time alone with the Lord, but it's also a beautiful blessing to read scripture with or in the presence of others. So what it's saying is in in addition to your quiet time, you can catch up or whatever later in the day. Uh, If you're a mom with young children, don't be afraid to pull out your Bible at the breakfast table or while you're watching the kids play in the backyard. If you're a young working professional, read scripture during one of your lunch breaks or listen to the Bible on your way to work. Bring the Bible into your everyday life and you just might bless others along the way. However, if you are like me as a mom and you take great offense when your kids don't understand that sitting at the table and reading the Bible means they have to sit down and shut up for a little while, don't do it. Because what ends up happening is I'm yelling at my kids, can't you see I'm reading the Bible? I'm trying to spend time with God here. Shut up. Shut your heathen mouths. The Bible's being read right now. <laughs> I didn't raise disrespectful heathens. <laughs> Maybe you should sit down and read your Bible too. <laughs> All right, number four, have an accountability system. Uh, accountability is a trend and tr- tool that helps individuals reach their goals. A study from the Dominican University of California found that 70% of the participants who sent weekly updates to a friend reported successful goal achievement. And this is for like all uh, New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. or personal goals. So whether you're reading through the Bible with someone else or giving weekly updates to a close friend, make sure that you have someone to hold you accountable and encourage you along the way. And of course, uh, us both being involved with Celebrate Recovery, we know full well how important that accountability kind of relationship is mm-hmm. because we let ourselves slide a little too much than we should personally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, ah, I can miss a day. Ah, I can miss a week. Ah, it's a month. Okay, I'll start again next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a real quick slope. Real quick slope. It is. Uh, Number five, give yourself grace. You're going to miss a day. You'll probably miss a few days through the year. That's okay. Remember, no one's perfect, and God's love is not all dependent on your progress with a Bible reading plan. The reason that we read the Bible, which is to grow closer to God through his word of truth, and on some days, walking closely with God might mean spending significant time in prayer or going out of your way to help someone uh, rather than completing your designated daily reading. Uh, So always put your relationship with God over the importance of sticking to the plan. Uh, number six, celebrate milestones. A year is a long time, a long time to commit to something. Uh, so don't save all the celebrating for December 31st. 
Uh, set short-term goals with a big goal, uh, within the big goal. Treat yourself when you accomplish small steps along the way. If you make it two months without getting behind, go grab a cup of your favorite latte or meet a friend for a lunch date instead that day. Take a day off of the Bible reading plan. Treat uh, yourself. <laughs> treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and lastly, number seven, evaluate if this commitment is right for you. <laughs> that sounded judgmental right there. If you're reading this article and thinking reading the Bible through in a year sounds incredibly intimidating, <laughs> step back and evaluate whether or not this commitment is right for you at this time. Um Yeah, so it's important for believers to regularly study and read the Word of God, but how much or how often might vary depending on people at different seasons of their life. Reading the Bible in one year is still a lot of reading. Mm -hmm. 66 books, y'all. Thousands of pages. that uh, They have to use that onion skin paper for a reason. It's not just because it's fancy. (laughs) It's because it's really thin. So So I like that last one. Even though like it kind of comes across as judgmental yeah. like you said it's, or almost condescending right condescending you know, yeah, that's a good word good like word. figure out if this is right for you but at the same time there's so much pressure yeah you know you hear somebody reading through their bible in a year and you automatically think oh They're should i good be christians doing that? <laughs> yeah is their mansion gonna be bigger than mine because they read and you feel all this pressure but at the same time seasons in life do Mm -hmm. matter and if you know a 50 something year old woman who doesn't have a full-time job doesn't have kids in her house anymore you know is pretty much a stay-at-home wife and has a lot of free time a lot of time throughout the day has the capability to read through the bible in a year whereas i mom of three who have a lot of commitments (laughs) don't have that same time that's okay I will have a season in my life as well where it's a little more relaxed. Well, you'll have a little bit more free time while you're not doing Zumba. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go with that. <laughs> yeah, jerk. <laughs> hey, at oh, least I'm man. doing keto. <laughs> That's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> at least I'm enjoying my life. <laughs> all my chicken and my waffle fries. I should be enjoying my life have. with all my chicken sandwiches and waffle fries, <laughs> seeing as how I haven't lost a single pound. Oh, when we come back, work friends for married people. How do you handle it? Stick in there. We'll be back. Morning show here on Back Row Radio. <laughs> With Matt and Mo up in this studio. Uh, up in this piece. Yo so. to the yo to the yo yo yo. Yeet. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
So today is a Time Machine Tuesday. We're Aww. actually about to share with you a question that Mo and I answered from one of our listeners a couple years ago on the Back Row Baptist podcast. See, that's why it was in my head. I was uh-huh. thinking about it. Yep. Uh, it's a difficult question that actually was brought up to me again this week by someone else struggling balancing work friendships and marital accountability. So uh, we'll talk about it a little more uh, in the here and now after we play this clip. Uh, but travel back in time with us as uh, we answer this question for the first time. Our question today is one that I think might plague a lot of marriages. Uh, our listener writes, I'm a woman and I have a friend at work who is a man. There's absolutely nothing romantic between us at all, but we are close friends. I like to spend time with my friends occasionally, and my husband never has a problem with it, unless I'm spending time with this man specifically. I feel like he's controlling who I can and can't be friends with, just because he's worried something will happen between us. How can I reassure my husband and still keep my friendship? Mo's going to tackle this one today, and it might be a bit of a minefield. Mo? Well, uh, what a coincidence. I'm a woman who has a friend I work with who is a man. Uh, I say that jokingly. However, I do really... I am a man. You can joke about that. (laughs) However, I do really mean it with all sincerity. (laughs) About seven years ago, my husband and I realized that in most friendships, I typically tend to get along best with other men, and he gets along best with other women. It's just how we are personally and how we were created. Um, I know many husbands and wives who are in the same boat, and trust me, I don't think that's a bad or a wrong thing. I do, however, think that it can be a dangerous thing without proper boundaries and accountability. First, let me say I believe wholeheartedly that our spouse is supposed to be our best friend above anyone and everyone else. Matthew 19.5 tells us, and we're reminded in almost every wedding ceremony (laughs) you've ever attended... That for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. I want to focus specifically on that last part of the verse, that the two, the husband and the wife, shall become one flesh. What exactly does that mean? How can we become one flesh when we're created as two separate people with different needs and wants? Honestly, it's something my own husband and I work on almost daily. It's a choice we both have to make to align our desires with each other, even when it's difficult. But because we're one flesh, we know the happiness of our spouse equates to happiness for both of us. When my husband is sad, I'm sad. When he's excited about something, I share in that excitement. When he is anxious, I too feel anxiety. That's part of becoming one flesh. In the same way, if my husband feels uncomfortable about something, even if I can't quite understand it, I share in his feelings. I realize I've yet to actually answer your question, and here's why. I don't believe the answer is as black and white as you're hoping it'll be. First and foremost, if your husband is controlling you, if you or anyone who is listening today is in an abusive relationship, please hear me when I say that that is not God's design for marriage. He does not want you to suffer at the hands or words of another human being. I just want to make that clear. But now that I've said that, I have to be honest and tell you I don't quite gather that impression from the wording of your question. It seems as though your husband is being as honest with you as possible. He's being vulnerable about an area he struggles with, and one that I understand very well. Trust. It's not necessarily trust in you or trust in your friend, but just a lack of trust in situations out of his control. I think we all have moments where we struggle 
with that same character defect, or so we call it in Celebrate Recovery. It is in our nature to want to control all of the areas of our lives. It keeps us sane, or so we think. It keeps us protected from hurt caused by others, and it keeps us from being surprised by things we aren't ready to handle. I'm not saying his lack of trust is permissible, but I'm saying it's common. He's certainly not the first husband who has felt this way, and he will not be the last. Woman to woman, though, wife to wife, honestly, why does it bother you so badly that your husband has asked you to not hang out privately with your friend? I'd like to ask you to truly search your heart for that answer and then allow God to work on you in that area. Do not forget why God designed marriage and why he gave Eve to Adam. Genesis tells us that God had made everything good and without void. Adam was free to roam the land, enjoy the fruit of his labor in paradise. He had everything that he needed, and then, like a light bulb over his head, God saw that something was missing. We all know that that something was Eve, Adam's lifelong companion, his best friend, someone to share all of his days with, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the in-between. We as wives were designed to walk alongside our husbands to help and encourage them throughout life. We were not designed to merely share a home and bank account with them while sacrificing friendship with them. Marriage is a promise to put each other above everyone else and to trust that in doing so, our spouse will always have our best interest at heart. Like I said before, I'm a woman who has a coworker, if that's what you want to call him, who I consider a very good friend. In a short time, he's become one of my best friends. We spend quite a few hours a week together planning, discussing, organizing, and carrying out our shared task. We've spent early mornings and late nights working alongside each other, and we would both have no problem shouting your very words, there is absolutely nothing romantic between us from the highest mountaintop. But even we take appropriate precautions to keep our personal integrity and the integrity of our marriages in place. Not because we do not trust each other and not because our spouses don't trust us, but because we're human and understand that temptations are not only real, but that others around us may at some point question our faithfulness in our marriages. We'd never want to give anyone else ammunition against us. Because of this, I keep a few guidelines in place when working with Matt. Number one, there's typically always a third party around for conversations, even if that person is on the other side of the room. Number two, when Matt and I discuss via text message, emails, or messenger, I've been known to show my husband our messages, not because he asks, but simply as a way of showing him that there's nothing to hide. Because I'm also friends with Matt's wife, I'll frequently tell her, your husband and I talked today, again, just as a way of opening up communication with all parties and not give reason for our spouses to ever think we're keeping secrets from them. Number three, unless absolutely necessary and usually only for recording purposes, Matt and I are never behind closed doors alone. In all the times we've worked together, I think that situation happened once, and in that time, we sat on opposite sides of the room. Number four, and this one is a hard one, but probably the most important, if at any time my husband or Matt's wife said that they didn't feel comfortable with our friendship and our working relationship, I would fully respect that and have to cut ties. That may sound harsh to say, and the thought is a painful one, but the protection of our marriages is far more important to both of us than our friendship. By keeping those guidelines in place, I can feel comfortable knowing if at any time someone walked past a room where Matt and I were conversing, they would not have a leg to stand on when questioning the integrity of our relationship. I want to encourage you to not only search your heart concerning this friendship, but implement some guidelines for yourself 
for any future friendships you may have with someone of the opposite sex. Fully communicate with your husband about the nature of this friendship, but be willing to walk away if your husband is still not comfortable for the sake of being one flesh as God desires. And lastly, seek after God's plan for you as a wife. Ask him to reveal exactly what your husband needs. I promise the closer you draw to God, the closer your marriage will align with his plan for you both. I'll be agreeing in prayer for you and hope to hear back from you and how the Lord has transformed your marriage and your friendships. Matt, is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah. um, In the Celebrate Recovery program, much like other 12-step programs, you're supposed to get a sponsor or an accountability partner. And this is something where you have someone who you can share your deepest, most vulnerable feelings with. And sometimes things that you're not really really ready to share with your spouse. Um, For that very reason, it's required that your sponsor or an accountability partner be the same sex as you. Now, we don't assume that you're going into recovery looking to cheat on your spouse. But when we allow ourselves to be emotional and vulnerable like that with someone, it comes with a level of emotional intimacy. And when this happens with the opposite sex, that can often be misinterpreted by one or both parties as romantic intimacy. Feeling like you understand each other in ways that your spouses can't. And that leads to much, much bigger problems. This kind of thing happens with work friends all the time. When you work a a 40-hour-a-week job, you often spend more time with your work friends than you do with your own family each week. This might make you feel more and more comfortable sharing things with work friends that are personal, private, or emotionally charged that you aren't sharing with your spouse. Before either of you realize it, you've crossed a line that you can't uncross. Now, I'm not saying this would definitely happen, but no one's immune to it, and most don't notice it happening until it's too late. When you got married, you agreed to a set of promises to stick with him for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, and sickness and health. You promised that you would enter into this marriage forsaking all others. That promise means that you put your spouse and your relationship above any other earthly relationship. Now, might his fears be irrational? Sure. Is it possible that nothing scandalous would ever happen between you and your work friend? Absolutely. But if it's making him uncomfortable with this one individual, you might have to sacrifice that friendship to keep the peace in your marriage, which is by far more important. And of course, I'd say the same thing to a man if he asked this question. Don't look at it as, oh, it's his problem, he can deal with it. Because again, as Megan said, you are one flesh. His problems are your problems and your problems are his. If this problem really is a struggle with jealousy and trust or something of that nature, you need to work on that together with the ultimate goal being a stronger relationship and an unshakable marriage. And we're back here in 2019. Uh, Thank you for traveling with us a few years in the past. Um, So I said this came up in a private conversation I had this past week, which made me want to bring it back for discussion because I believe it's it's a fairly common issue. Uh, and one that can be blown far out of proportion really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to divulge the personal conversation I had, but this has been brought up in the last couple of years in regards to Vice President Mike Pence. Mm-hmm. You remember, he's, he made yeah. a point about how, uh, for many of the same reasons that we laid out in our flashback there, that he doesn't go to dinner with any woman without his wife present. And he has caught so much flack for it. Even today, they still make jokes about it, you know, saying, well, is he that much of a pervert he can't uh compose himself around other women or does he think that all women can't control themselves around him that he's such a piece of man meat 
Or does he think so little of the women that he works with? You know, all these different criticisms and none of them are accurate. No, he just knows that you all are a bunch of judgmental punks. (laughs) 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 And by you all, I do not mean our listeners. But the people who are giving him flack for it, you all obviously... Yeah, it's only about respecting his wife above all other women and making sure that he is above suspicion of any kind of impropriety, Mm -hmm. which is smart. Yeah. Especially in this current culture where everybody's dialed up unto 11 on, you know, because we have the initial Me Too movement, but it has started to morph into uh, witch hunt territory in many cases as more and more... It's like, very true. Incorrect, yeah. like never happened situations start starting to arise mm-hmm. now. And a lot of, but you can't, you know, but we're in the culture now, you can't question it because initially the movement was good yeah, <laughs> and did a lot of good mm-hmm. and exposed a lot of things that needed to be exposed. And as always happens with these kind of things, it gets bastardized and destroyed um so yeah now we're at a point where we need to prove that we are responsible Mm -hmm. and especially us as men we need to take our our uh accountability seriously and not put ourselves in situations where uh anybody can think anything else is happening and this is and this is not just now you know this is something that has gone on for years Uh, i think i've told you guys before about uh the pastor of this church mm-hmm. before I got here who lent his car to a woman in the congregation uh, whose car had broken down. She needed to take her kids to school and get to work. And so she, he lent his, one of his cars to her for a couple of days. And someone saw that car there overnight and said, oh, the pastor's having an affair with this woman. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to stop society from making judgments like that misjudgments Mm -hmm. yeah uh unless you put yourself in a place where you're not gonna let anything like that happen but even then they just judge from the other side (laughs) well what's wrong with these women (laughs) do you think all these women are just terrible people you can't be around them uh yeah it's just it's awful it is so hopefully hopefully you're a sane person (laughs) And you understand what we're trying to say and uh, how Mo answered the question in our flashback. It's, it's, uh, it's about respecting our spouses overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, that's the main thing. Uh, we have to have respect for our spouses. So uh, that's where we're at. And that's all <laughs> we really have unless you have something to add. I don't think so. <clears throat> all right. nope, sorry. Well, then let's jump. I mean, you, jump. You jump. Asked, I mean, you, you added a bunch. In the past, in our flashback, because you were the main main question answerer. I can't be the past, so the future, right, and the present, right. (laughs) (laughs) So let's jump to our favorite segment. All right, ask us anything. I feel like people are really, really like going off the deep end with this whole anything (laughs) thing. (laughs) past two are just really throwing me for a loop what piece of art would you create if you had to pretend to be an artist and submit something to a gallery 
Fun fact about Mo, I am an artist. I actually have a side gig of where I paint and sell. No, I'm just kidding. Guys. <laughs> um. I'm sitting here thinking, oh no, is she really an artist and I never knew this? <laughs> I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> I do love to paint, but I only paint for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't sell it to anybody. You only paint yourself? I only paint myself. Just pictures of and myself. that is the art <laughs> that I would create. Because let's be honest, guys, there is nothing more beautiful than me. Selfies are passe. Paint yourself. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. That's the <laughs> new thing of 2019. And then take a picture of that and post it to Instagram. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh goodness. So I that's think, what you would paint? Well, no. So I have never been good at painting people or drawing or sketching. I just can't do it. Like I have the stick figures with the big old <laughs> eyes and the big old honking Muppet right. nose. <laughs> The, the five fingers that go out all around in a big circle uh-huh. yep. <laughs> it would never be. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that I would uh, have to do some sort of really nice landscape. <laughs> That's if I had to paint something. But are you just and... thinking painting? Because, I mean, art could be anything. Sculptures, weird things. It could be you yelling at a Seriously? ice cream See, sandwich you, for like, five years. like a whole other can of worms now because... Spray paint a roll of toilet paper gold and just put it on a pedestal. That's art. (laughs) I feel like, so here's the thing, guys. Matt puts these together. You know, he compiles all of our scripts and everything. So I have time to think about that. Exactly. Matt has a little more time to ponder over these questions, whereas I see them and have to answer them almost immediately. So, yeah, his spray-painted gold toilet paper sounds a whole heck of a lot better than my landscape. (laughs) A nice landscape of a field and maybe a little dove. I didn't even consider that art is more than painting. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, punk. Oh, man. What would you do, Matt? I just told you I'm going to spray paint. Is that that the one you're going to (laughs) do? Toilet paper. Uh, what would you name it? Because, you know, every art has to have a name. Uh, goodness. Something with Trump. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Trump's refuse or something. I don't know. Because <laughs> you know he has a bathroom. That's like his own? 100% gold. Oh, really? Everything's gold. Toilet's gold. It might be gold-plated. I don't know. But you walk in, it's all gold. Oh, gosh. And the toilet paper, I believe, was dyed a gold color. Hey, you know, if you got the money and you're being responsible in every other area of your life and you've got just money sitting left over and you're like, you know what? What are we going to do with this extra $15 million? Well, I'll take a gold bathroom. Gold bathroom sounds nice. (laughs) It can't, the toilet at least can't be 100% real gold because... Because it's pliable when the gold's in that form. Is it? So yeah. So you oh, would I didn't sit. Know that. So you would sit, and it would eventually just start sinking in. Oh, so I hear <laughs> pliable, and I kind of think moldable. So I'm like envisioning a molded butt on top of the well, toilet. Well, that's what happened eventually. I think. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not like Play-Doh, but I mean, it it doesn't. It's not a sturdy structure forever. It's, it's a good weight loss <laughs> method. You go to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> toilet's sinking two inches. I gotta stop eating bacon cheeseburgers. No, see, and I would stand up and look at like 
the mold of my booty and I'd be like, that is far too big. It's Has all- Matt been sitting on my toilet again? <laughs> Matt, this is my private golden bathroom. This can be my butt. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. All right, stick around. We'll be back in a little bit to close out the show. Until then, enjoy the music. Closing out our show this Tuesday morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Bible verse for the day is John 8, 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And our thought for the day comes from Chuck Swindoll. He says, Real recovery is slow, and the deeper the wound, the more time may be required for us to recover. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every Monday through Thursday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific with an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, mm, I'm going to burp right here on the camera. You can (laughs) camera, microphone. (laughs) I am out of it today. If you, ever, <laughs> if you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits matched together into a podcast for you over on BackRowRadio.com or most places that you find your podcast. And don't forget to connect with all aspects of The Back Row by visiting TheBackRow.org and join our meme-packed Facebook group at BRBChurch.com. Well, what's the final word? I'm going to go spend some time in my gold bathroom. <laughs> That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.